And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I said it uh, before we started recording, but I'll say it again. Uh, There are times, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, where I wish to go back to the Stone Age because I hate all of this newfangled technology. But there are also times where I would like to be a cyborg and live forever. So, and as you said, I have to pick one. I can't. There are no immortal cybernetic cavemen, I believe is what you're trying to say. Um, not any that I am aware of, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Um, it doesn't seem, it seems like those two very ideas, going back to the Stone Age, but also being a cyborg, are in some ways not compatible at all. No. And, and, and you said yourself, you love technology, you are a big tech fan, uh, are you, are you up for the, you know, they put a chip in your skin and you can open doors with just a wave of your hand because it's got the chip with your access codes or whatever? I don't think that's necessary. That just seems like unnecessary surgery. Like, I don't think that's any benefit over just having the Bluetooth connection going to my phone, which is in my pocket, and, you know, giving that a wave, or just coming up to the door and tapping on the lock. Like, I I don't see a need for an implant for something as simple as that. But if you're telling me uh, they can take out my eyes and give me cybernetic eyes that see perfectly and don't need glasses and will never, you know, degenerate and never need cataract surgery, I'm going to say, well, take my eyes out then. Uh, Especially... I mean, imagine then maybe you could, maybe they could program them to uh, see infrared or something and beam that into your brain. And like colorblind people, you could maybe fix colorblindness overnight with these cyber well, guys. Well, they have glasses now that apparently yeah, work with. They don't really fix it because at the end of the day, colorblind people are lacking the proper uh, cones in their eyes to see the colors. So all it's doing is like giving more contrast to the picture to help you be able to differentiate. But while that does help the situation, you're not actually seeing the colors. So that that's kind of a falsehood, I would say. All right. But I'm, I'm sure that they're quite helpful, though, to people who, who do, you know, struggle with their colorblindness. Well, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm reading this book. Well, actually, I, I read this book, Sapiens, which I've talked about before. Excellent book. Highly recommended. I'm reading the follow-up book to that, which is called Homo Deus, which is all about, you know, man's transition into godhood. And that's been harder for me to get into. But the whole idea of, you know, nanobots that can fight illnesses I don't even know I have inside my body and all of that sort of thing. Like, I'm on board with all of that. Uh, I just received an update from friend of the show, uh, Rachel. And I think on the show a little while ago, we had talked a little bit about what might happen uh, to Large Cassidy now that he has been fired from the WWE. Um, Are you referring to Big Kaz? Yes. I just was going to say I could confirm that he's being, you know, uh, advertised for an independent show in South Carolina as the seven foot Big Kaz uh, with double Z's on the end of his name. That's... That is hilarious. Do you think that there are people who weren't going to go to this wrestling show in South Carolina before, 
But now that Big Kaz is going to be there, they are actually going to show up. It seems unlikely to me. Like, it could be if they had no name wrestlers at all. It was just, like, real local guys. I could see then, yes, oh, Big Kaz. I saw him on the televisions, and I would go see that television man. Uh, But on the same poster for Big Time Wrestling, they're also advertising James Ellsworth... Tommy Dreamer, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Mick Foley, and Emma. And yet somehow, Big Kaz appears to have top billing. And I don't understand that at all. Well, that's, that's kind of the point I made. Like, you you didn't make it there, Colin. Colin Cassidy. You, you didn't make it. Your WWE experience is over. Do something else with your life. Like, stop. Just Just stop. I would think so. Enzo Amore is now going to be a rapper, and I wish him all the best. Uh, but I don't know. It just—I saw that this afternoon and was just like, "You couldn't." Pay- now, granted, I don't leave my house, but you couldn't pay me to go watch Big Kaz. But you left your house. Uh, do you want to talk about your Chicago trip at all? I know you—you you really enjoyed uh... it. No, I mean we can talk about it a little bit. I had some okay moments. We uh, <laughs> then we went out. We, it's, it's I had some laughing, okay moments. It's it's difficult. Okay, we're going out there uh, to answer people's questions. I think some people asked me on our our draft B group, but I didn't really answer it at the time. But yes, we were going out to see family. Uh, Mrs. Manson has a brother who lives out there whom is married. Um, they now have two kids. We were visiting because one of those kids is a relatively recent addition to the world. So ah. that was cool uh, to meet said nephew. Um, they also have a niece who's four years old now. And honestly, she's 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 a hoot um, at times. She's also rather demanding. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a little bit of especially for somebody who's not used to kids it's a bit of an adjustment period but honestly i don't have any problems with with the kids i mean the four-year-old's gonna four-year-old and the newborn is gonna be a baby it's what they do Mm -hmm. um and you know honestly mrs manson's brother he's a nice guy uh he's really it seems as though he's really well-intentioned uh so i i can't say too much about but you know i just it does always feel like um not, you're not, displaced. You're not at home. Yes. You know, it, it's not. It's trying sometimes for multiple reasons. Were you staying with them or in a hotel in the area? Are they in, okay. in, in Chicago proper or on the outskirts? Uh, they are in the suburbs, so they're probably about a half an hour outside of the airport or, you know, 45 minutes outside of the city. So it, it's it's not bad, really, there. It's, it's relatively... Uh, suburban you know i mean it's it's not okay. rural by any means like like it is where we are but uh but it's nice um you know it, and we we did this time we've learned from our previous trips uh we both rented a car and got a hotel room and that was i think the good smart thing to do it gave us a sanctuary to go back to at the end of the night it gave us a place where we could uh you know control the climate and uh sleep in whatever temperature we mm-hmm. wanted to i i and in you know in that quiet I think that was worth it. And, you know, this time we also decided, you know, we're going to make it more of a trip. So we certainly, we spent each morning, uh, we went out to breakfast. We found a place that we really liked that had a couple of locations. We went 
back and forth between those locations. They had excellent gluten-free uh, pancakes. I had that two mornings, and one morning I had an excellent gluten-free uh, cinnamon roll. So uh, they had excellent coffee. Like I really enjoyed the breakfasts we had. I can't, I can't complain. But I got my my portillos. That was not gluten-free, and I will tell you that uh, I suffered uh, for eating it, but. Ultimately worth it. I would do it again. So just to focus on that for a second. So you are saying that when you do have gluten, you notice an immediate difference. Um, I won't say immediate. I, we have some friends that eat it, you know, and they're celiac and they within 45 minutes, they're bloated. They're uncomfortable, uh, maybe in pain. I don't have that reaction, but uh, eight hours later, uh, I'm going to have. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know. Okay. Well, it's inter- It's interesting, you know, how that all works, and that it can be even just the slightest thing. Yeah, I'm actually surprised how quickly I see a reaction. I would think it should be later by not eight hours. It should be 24, 48 hours that I should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I am sort of curious what that's about, but I have ultimately noticed. it's not- fine. Not to not to belabor, so that yeah. is our favorite thing. Oh, um, I love belaboring. While when I have you know whether it, when I have dairy usually and an intense amount of dairy, it can happen really fast. I don't know if it's psychological or what, but I have noticed in almost um, you not that's a lactose intolerance, and yeah, the 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 body system there. Let's to put it nicely, just flushes when yeah. it when it um determines that lactose is present. Yeah, this is not quite like thing. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, we heard you know we we have been doing the draft. You've got yourself quite the women's roster there. Yes, I do. But we were we were chatting in 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 the the draft chat. Um. You know, again, you don't need to go too much into it, but you had interesting flight experiences on both Ugh. the trip there and the trip back. Yeah, um, flights were not good. American Airlines, get your crap together. What can I tell you? Uh, flying out there, we get on the plane, we board at time, we're getting there, sitting down on the plane, buckling in. Pilot comes over the intercom and says, uh, so this patch says that this airplane is going to Houston. And of course, we are not going to Houston. We are going to Chicago. We do not, in fact, have enough fuel to go to Houston. Um, so apparently we've got to do some paperwork here. Sounds like we're missing at least two signatures. We'll keep you updated. We sat on that stupid plane for, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour before taking off because of that stupid uh, paperwork clerical error, I would guess. Uh, so that was that was not pleasant. Uh, on the way home, on the, oh, uh, and also because we took off so late on the way there, when we finally did arrive at Chicago, um, they had, of course, given away our gate, that was scheduled for our arrival. So they pulled us off to the side and we just had to wait for about 20, 25 minutes before we could even taxi up to the airport to get off the plane. So it was not a fun experience going out there at all. Um, On the way back, 
The uh, co-pilot comes over the intercom again. We board on time. We're sitting down in our seats. We're buckling in. And then the co-pilot comes over the intercom and says, "Uh, so the captain has had a uh, medical issue for which I have just finished escorting him off the plane to the nearest uh, medical stand. Uh, So we are going to need a replacement captain. And uh, luckily, this is one of our major hubs, uh, Chicago, and for American Airlines. So ideally, won't be too long. We'll keep you posted. And, you know, to their credit, they definitely did have another captain. Uh, join us within, I'd say, it was probably less than 30 minutes, but somewhere around there. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, hey, medical issue, if it's really a medical issue, I'm perfectly happy that it happened on the ground and not in the air. I'm pleased about that. But something tells me that the co-pilot was just sort of speaking in code for, uh, hey, the captain's drunk, so uh, we've got to get somebody else. That's definitely that's definitely what, you know, because I'm trying to figure it out. It's it's clearly not a serious medical issue. Otherwise, people would have had to come onto the plane to tend to him. He is able to move of his own power. He had to be escorted. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed to me, is our captain is in no condition to fly this plane, so... Yeah, that. so again, I don't really know, but ultimately it was a delayed flight again, and it just, two situ. I've, I've flown, I won't say a lot in my life, I'm certainly not a frequent traveler, but I've been on an airplane uh, more than a half dozen times, probably closer to a dozen at this point, um, and I've never experienced anything like this on any of the other flights I've ever been on. Like, it was crazy to have it two back-to-back like that. Was there any you know, attempt to make things right. Now, granted, you can't control a medical issue and neither can the airline, but the fact that the paperwork got switched around and they thought you were going to Houston, they didn't, you know, you didn't get premium beverage service or something like that. No, nothing. Nothing at all. (sighs) This is why I stay home. I don't want to deal with this kind of stuff. I don't have that problem. Ultimately, you just sit there and eventually you get to where you're going. So it's really only a problem if you're the sort of person who irritates extremely easily, which you all know that I am. Uh, But, you know, I mean, it really, you just got to be patient and it's not a big deal. You were quite irritated because at one point in the chat, you told me to eat a dick. And I was like, (laughs) like there there was a second there where I was like, honestly hurt. And I was like, (laughs) why would you say that? (laughs) It's so so mean. Uh, uh, well, if I did for even a second honestly hurt your feelings, I apologize. That's clear. Cool. I was like, I'm like, you know, you telling me it on the podcast is one thing, but we're there with all the besties. <laughs> you know, Seahawks already irritating me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I will say I, that was, I think, coming off of. Uh, Yet another rebuttal from former bestie Mitchell refusing to trade Charlotte to me. So I think I was maybe a little overly ornery uh, as well. So, I mean, you know, that could have been partially on me. I was in a bad headspace. Mitchell certainly was not helping. Well, and, and I do understand, you know, when you're traveling, especially when it involves a flight and you're doing it for other people, because you wouldn't have gone to Chicago if it wasn't for Mrs. Manson and her family. And mind I, you, this was on the way back mm-hmm. after the trip. I, I just have to I just have to ask, was it just you and Mrs. Manson that went? Uh, yeah, just us. No other family members attended? No. no. Okay. Because that that was what I assumed. I chalked it up to the fact that, oh, other members of the family must have been there, and I know that takes even more of your patience and 
Oddly enough, I have gotten to the point where said other members of the family are less irritating to me because I just, this sounds bad, but I mostly just ignore everything that they say. Um, and ultimately, they're fairly harmless, I would say, at this point. So I, I have similar actions with various members of my family, both in-laws and just my actual family. So just If I kind of tune you out, you start to sound like the teacher from Charlie Brown, and, and you can wah, say whatever wah, you want. Wah, 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 Pretty wah. much. Um, I, you have said you have enjoyed the draft. I hope that is continuing. Do you even know who Delilah Doom is, or did you just see a tweet? No, no. Delilah Doom, um, I first learned about Delilah Doom because she appeared on Raw as one of, like, you know, just those random local enhancement talents that oh. lost to Asuka in about 30 seconds. I like to look those people up, and so I learned about her there, and I did look her up and watch, at that time, some of her matches and things like that. So I was familiar with Delilah Doom prior to the draft, and I've always mm-hmm. sort of liked the look and the gimmick, um, so... Yeah. yeah, that's why I, I'm trying to draft people that maybe, while while of course I am building up you know a strong women's promotion with strong folks from the WWE, I am also picking from Lucha Underground. I'm picking from TNA. I'm trying to go into the independents to sort of stretch you know my, myself a little bit as part of this draft. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm I, succeeding. I, I recommend, you know, remember, it's any time in the last 12 months. Look at the people who showed up at the Women's Royal Rumble. You know, I drafted, I think I have Beth Phoenix. Yes, uh, you did. B- because, you know, so. You uh, there, there, is, there is one that I am looking at from the Royal Rumble uh, that I think I have a good role for. So we, we may yet see that coming into play. I'm glad glad to hear it. Um, we are gearing up. We're, we've been kind of doing this, you know, just I want to do an all-time draft. I want to do a draft where you can choose anyone from, we've called it the pay-per-view era, the WrestleMania era, because I don't want to go draft Luthez. I don't want to go draft um, George Hackenschmidt or Frank Gotch or any of the wrestlers from, you know, the early 1900s, although... I did realize, um, somebody mentioned it to me, that if we did an all-time draft, a real all-time draft, you could draft Abraham Lincoln. Ooh. But, but you, 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 as I've seen in the little alpha test group, you've come up with some rules, and yes. I think the rules certainly would prohibit Abraham Lincoln from appearing. Yes, yes. and so what it comes down to is, you know, I, I did a pod blast about the draft. Doc didn't listen, but that's okay. Some other people did. Um, there were some rules in place, but once you get to an all-time draft, you actually need quite a bit of rules. I, I actually wish there weren't as many, but it's kind of just the way it has to be. You have to factor in how you're going to handle managers. Can I draft Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan together? Is that allowed? Since Bobby Heenan had so many talents, he did manage. How is that fair? So, you know, we were trying to imagine, and it is an alpha test. We are going to be adding features. Thank you, Doc, for teaching me the difference between alpha test and beta test. I didn't know. Had to ask. I Um, I do think it's strange that we're drafting specific versions of a character, but then also no other versions of the character can be drafted. What's the point of drafting a character if no other characters are 
allowed. So I've been chatting with bestie uh, Jeremy about this because Jeremy is one of the few people I know who can match me in terms of my level of wrestling nerddom. When I talk about making lists of wrestlers as a kid and coming up with dice games to determine who would win... Very few people can listen to that and not go, oh, you poor boy, I feel so bad for you. Um, Jeremy actually thought of doing a draft where you can draft Mankind and Cactus Jack and Dude Love. He considered that, but again, it just comes down to, I brought up The Undertaker. The Undertaker's had many iterations over the years. You've got Classic Undertaker, Purple Undertaker, Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. How many can? How many are we willing to go? Well, can- that's fine. But ultimately, if if you can, all, if only if one person takes Ministry Undertaker and then no one else can draft any other characters, then why does it matter if I'm drafting the Ministry Undertaker? At that point, we should just be drafting the performer, The Undertaker. We, I don't see why you're having us specify which gimmick if all the other gimmicks are off the table anyways. Well, this is why I wanted to talk to you about this, because I had a feeling you would have thoughts on the rules, and I didn't know if you would bring them up in the alpha test chat, but I figured on the air you would express your opinion. That's I'm what open I do! To it. And and this is why I want to run an alpha test. I almost want to do multiple drafts, one in which we do... Like you said, you can draft any iteration of the character you want, one in which you can't, and see which one actually makes the most sense. Because I have, personally, I have no problem being able to have one person has Hulk Hogan and somebody else has Hollywood Hogan. Like, that makes total sense to me. I just want to make sure it's not going to drive everybody crazy. Yeah, that's fair. The only other thing on here that I think is really questionable is the announcer's rule. I, I don't understand why you would allow announcers to be drafted in pairs. I, I feel like, again, um, almost everyone worked with multiple people. Like, I mean, any, here's here's the bottom line. Any rule that allows you to draft both Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon in a single pick just seems unfair. That's why that would be my first round pick. Me too. <laughs> See, <laughs> no, I better hope I don't go before you. I have. Well, and again, these rules are over because I spent far more time than I probably should have creating this document, which has which singles wrestlers, because I'm, you know, I'm using the loopholes. There's lots of rules for tag teams. So which draft? And yeah, Monsoon and Heenan would probably be my round one pick, but maybe we shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't be able to draft Michael Cole and Jonathan Coachman together. You have to you have to separate those. And even because that, even that it gets back to what you're saying about the managers. Okay, so the managers are associated with a lot of different people. How can you, in good conscience, you know, allow someone to pick Michael Cole and Coachman when really like it could be Michael Cole and Taz, or it could be Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler, or it could be Michael Cole. Like there's too many pairings, or he's associated with too many announce booths. I feel like to make that. To make that a fair pick. Okay. Um, I, again, I think we'll we'll bring these questions and, up. And and furthermore, furthermore, so you've made you've made these rules. So again, like you can't draft Bobby Heenan with Mister Perfect because he was associated with too many people. But Bobby Heenan and Monsoon, oh, that's perfectly fine. What is this? 
Okay. What is that? I, this is why I shared the rules. If you're if you're listening to us talk about this and it sounds like something you would be interested in, let us know. Either send an email or let us know on Twitter at Doc Manson at the DC Matthews. We can get you involved in some of the alpha testing. Um, we're trying to limit it to a fairly small group just so we can get everything worked out. You you bring up valid points. This is why I wanted your input. Couple quick That's questions. Jeremy's idea is you can draft an event. So, like, you could draft the Royal Rumble, which means you are the only person who can do the Royal Rumble. Nope. Okay. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. There are are other promotions that do battle royales. I mean, it's... True. Should you be able to draft belts? I want the winged eagle title. No one else can have it. I'm going to say no, because, again, I feel like it should be about the talents. But, I mean... It gave, you more you, of a, it gave you more of a pause than the event idea. Yeah, it does, because, I mean, if you really want... I mean, personally, I don't think I would draft any belts. I, I don't think I'd draft a one. Is that bad? Does that mean I'm creating a promotion in which there are no belts? Or does that just mean that in my promotion, I'm going to create all my own belts? I, I, I don't know. No, but, I mean, I, hey, if there are fools out there that want to waste picks on belts, I think the only way that would work... That would only way that would work is if you had rounds dedicated to belts, or mm. or even like with the event, if you had a round dedicated to the event. Because I I do see the appeal of having to choose as part of the all time draft, choosing what my personal favorite uh, gimmick matches or what my personal favorite belt design is. But I I do sort of feel like those need to be you know lightning rounds once every five rounds. Ooh. You're not picking a a a person. You're picking some other topic. I could see that being fun. Okay. Uh, for sure. I, I like I like that idea because you're right. If I'm drafting, you know, the big gold belt in round one, I'm missing out on all of these other great options. But a yeah. light, lightning round. Doc Manson, you're a smart guy. This is why this is why I like running these things by you. Alright. So we got the all time draft. The our draft the current draft is wrapping up. The all time draft is ongoing. I'm very excited for my Haas Wrestling Federation. I'm debating the merits of taking that strategy into the all-time draft and trying to create the ultimate Haas group, but then I'd be fighting you over Mantar, which I know you've already said (laughs) is going to be your first-round pick. I I honestly think one thing I may do in this all-time draft, somebody talked about it in, in again, our our bestie draft uh, group, but I honestly think it might be fun to try to put together the ultimate wrestle silly uh, promotion, like just Again, to try to grab everything. This is why this is why I want to do it. Uh, this is why I want to do multiple versions of it because I had this idea. What if I drafted every royal? Get, like I got Jerry the King Lawler and King Booker and King Kong Bundy and King Mabel and Queen Sherry and Prince Devitt. <laughs> Don't just, forget about King Seamus. Thank you, see? And I just I just went through and just decided, like, what if I did, you know, let me just try yeah. that, see what would happen. So, um, we have a lot of emails, and I want to spend a good amount of time on that, but I'm assuming you watched, did you watch any wrestling this week? I think I watched a portion of Raw. I don't know, I'm not sure how much I watched, but I watched enough to see uh, Brock Lesnar backstage reading some magazines. Uh, I, I saw him, you know, berate 
Paul Heyman told him to get him a steak, uh, medium well. I, I kind of expected him to demand uh, ketchup with it just to really uh, try to turn the crowd against him. Uh, it's 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 goofy how much they're trying to sell us on Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar. It seems like they're doing it. It seems like they're being successful. The, I'll give it to them. The crowd, react, the crowd reaction seemed like they were getting the job done. Now, the the Twitter was all abuzz today because people are reporting that they're getting paid by WWE to cheer Roman Reigns no, when they're, they're in not. the crowd. No, of course they're not. What a ridiculous statement. I loved what Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman did on Raw. I thought it was hilarious. He's reading magazines. He's, you know, the segment at the end where he F5s Kurt Angle and then chokes out, essentially, Paul Heyman was very good. I didn't understand the sudden hostility towards Paul Heyman. Like, I didn't... That was the one thing about the show that didn't make any sense to me. Like, Heyman knew his job was on the line, and at no point... Or at least not what I saw. Maybe it did after I stopped watching. But at no point did he just... The first thing I would have done if I was Paul Heyman... Is the, what they showed was the first thing he did was going out... Was going to Brock and being like... You know, if you went out there, they would give you a hero's welcome. Like, just trying to, like, convince him to go. Why on earth wouldn't Paul Heyman go to Brock Lesnar and said, Hey, listen. Kurt Angle is threatening my job. We've been friends a long time. Either go out there and give him what he wants or just raise some hell. I don't care. Like, why isn't it not Paul Heyman saying, hey, let's go out there and let's teach Kurt Angle a lesson for trying to bully me, your advocate? Why on earth would Brock Lesnar suddenly be so adversarial to Paul Heyman, who's only ever done good things for him? It didn't make any sense. It didn't seem like uh, it didn't. I don't know. I just it did not click for me at all. The only I I liked it. What it screamed to me was Paul Heyman's going to be looking elsewhere for a new client. That's kind of what it seemed to me. Is, is we're clearly portraying, we're, we're leaning in to Brock Lesnar as, I don't care. Like, I really just don't care about wrestling. I'm the champion, but I don't care. And now he's berating Paul Heyman, which means Paul Heyman's going to look elsewhere for a client, whether that is Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman or Bobby Lashley or Kevin Owens or Ronda Rousey. I don't know. Yeah. But that, that's, that seems to me to be the story that we're telling is we're setting it up so that if Paul Heyman were to do something not in Brock Lesnar's best interest, there's now a reason for it. Right. Um, so let me ask you a question. Obviously, this is not our SummerSlam prediction show, but no. Is Brock Lesnar going to lose the title at SummerSlam? <sighs> My gut is yes. Between wrestling Roman for the umpteenth time and the briefcase, it seems likely. But that's right now. We've got two right. more episodes of Raw for them to continue telling stories. I don't know. This could continue. Like he could. It could. It it makes the most sense now, unless uh, whatever his name, Daniel Cormier, the UFC guy, shows up at SummerSlam to interfere. You know, it makes the most sense for WWE to want Brock to keep having that title for this UFC. Well, the crossover. only thing I can think of is they probably want him to lose it at one of the big pay-per-views. That's WrestleMania or SummerSlam. That'd be my guess. WrestleMania is probably most ideal. But I think they realize they have a bit of a quandary with Roman Reigns. If they if they really had Roman win at WrestleMania, 
I'm still not sure that they would get the right reaction. The crowd at WrestleMania is not their mainstream crowd. They're not going to control the message like no. they're doing right now. And to be fair, so that's going to be the same in Brooklyn, too. I suppose that's true. Um, and, and I think you also have to, like, it's working kind of. It's only going to work kind of for a short time. If he loses again and then wins the Royal Rumble again to face Brock Lesnar again, no one's going to care. I'm just thinking that, you know, it would make sense for them to take the title off of him at something that's not WrestleMania at this point. And on top of that, if sounds like he's eligible uh, to go back to the UFC with a match as early as January of 2019. If that's the case, that's before WrestleMania. And frankly, the WWE would not... I don't know I don't know about this. I, I'm of two minds of this. But my gut instinct is they will take the belt off of him before that match because they have no guarantee that Lesnar will win in UFC. If Lesnar were to be their champion and lose in the UFC match that would be egg on their face, which they cannot have. The so only, I, I yeah. think the clock is ticking. He has to lose it before whenever his next fight is scheduled. Well, and I'm watching, you know, and he F5's Kurt Angle, and I'm like, if this was any other wrestler, you'd strip him of the title. Yeah. You know, I'm watching it being like, is this it? And I don't think it is. I think he'll show up and wrestle Roman Reigns. But there was there were a few moments where I was like, he could just be done, done on random raw. He's the, this is the last appearance of Brock Lesnar, and he's gone. Lord knows it's possible. I mean, you want to talk about random episodes? Randomly on NXT, Tommaso Ciampa picking up the NXT Championship from Aleister Black. Yep. Whoa! I was hey, not expecting that. I believe it was the first time it happened. Made NXT suddenly. You got to watch. You never, you know, you had the tag team titles change hands a couple weeks ago. I was I just turned NXT on for the heck of it that night. I was watching it live when it happened. I was very surprised. I was a little bit dumbfounded. But you know, I will say I'm 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 relatively happy about the change because while I think Gargano and Ciampa have had excellent matches at the last couple of takeovers, they've told excellent stories in those rings. I will say to some extent I do feel like their feud was missing something. And I think having the belt in in the works there, you know, sort of just jostling around, I think is is something that the third meeting of that feud needed. Now, I don't know if this means Aleister Black's going to be involved. I don't know if it's going to be a triple threat, but I, I, I do think that if the two of them were going to continue to meet in the ring, it makes sense to put the belt on the line. Did you watch this week's NXT from last night? I did not. Not yet. Um. Okay. The... The story continues in a very nice way, and it shows you how good Tommaso Ciampa is, or Ciampa, I think he said. He said on Twitter that it is pronounced Ciampa, but um, it, it was excellent. I highly recommend. If, if only just watch that last part. Candice LeRae wrestled Shayna Baszler at a very nice match. Uh, what else was there? Heavy Machinery, Wrestle, The Mighty. There was some other stuff. But uh, just that closing segment was very good. All right. Sounds All good. All right. Let us get to the emails because you're right. We will have a uh, SummerSlam prediction show as closer to. So podcast at DDTWrestling.com. Some of these emails are from uh, a couple of weeks ago. Last week we just did a quick draft talk because... 
Doc was on his way to Chicago. We had sent out a, a question. We gave you some homework there, besties. The homework was uh, we had been talking about some of our uh, adolescent interests. And so I, I, I think Doc, because I wouldn't have said this, uh, he wanted to know... Or who was did somebody in the somebody in an email said the pants line? I don't remember. This is I believe Glenn in his original message asked yes, you know what got yes, things yes. moving in the pantal regions. Alright. So it is only fitting that the first email comes from Glenn and the subject line is hashtag pants party. My first celebrity crush was Gina Lolo Brigida? I don't know that who that is. pronunciation is probably butchered. Had a very sexy poster of her in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm going to guess that's like 1950s. Glenn is older. I don't know how much older. Huh. Um, as we didn't really have female wrestling in the UK till quite recently, the lady that got my pants moving from a wrestling show was Sable. Not a bad choice. Uh, Brock Lesnar agrees. Apologies for not including this info in my original email. Glenn, all is forgiven. Yeah, Sable is a good choice. I was never a huge Sable fan. Um, just Ooh, be- Gina! Just because I was a, a Sunny fan, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. But, uh... Oh, yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay, she starred in that film in the year 1956. So this is going back a little ways, but yeah, you know, definitely one of those classic sort of fifties pinup style beautiful back women. Back when posters was how you you got your pants party going. Back Absolutely. before the internet. Our, our next email comes from Brandon Banks, and it is titled "Pants Party and Other Ramble- Ramblings." Would you like me to read this one? It's lengthy. It's just too long, Brandon. First things first. It's just too long. As I tweeted, Doc, I will be receiving something via UPS on Wednesday. I wonder what it could be. Now, this was 12 days ago. Be we day. did it! We Our did it. Our long national nightmare <laughs> is over. We have finally sold a single, uh, a single copy? Oh, man. Uh, Edition? You want to we talk? A, we sold. You want to talk? A beefcake shirt, folks. You want to talk all-time draft? How much fun you could have if you could draft any version of that character? Let me see. You've got Brutus Beefcake before he was the barber. Then you've got the barber. Then you've got uh, the man with no name, Zodiac, the butcher, the booty man, the disciple. That's he. He played so many different characters in WCW. It was ridiculous. But the only one you should draft is the barber. True. Unless you're doing Wrestle Silly, in which case you draft them all. I guess so. I guess that's true. Back to Brandon's email. Okay. So my first wrestling crush is the same as most my age. Sonny was pretty much the first on the screen. I loved Elizabeth, but was way too young to have those feels. So yeah, I have to say Sonny. For celebrity in general, I was very much into Paula Abdul and Christine Joan Taylor. Christine, mostly known for her roles in movies such as The Dodgeball and The Brady Bunch movie, caught my eye as Melody on the Nickelodeon show Hey Dude. Oh, that is the same person. Anyway, DC, you made me smile when you brought up E-Feds. I was big into E-Feds, mainly the WFWA, which, as Pav would like, had a brand split which added to the E-Feds' enjoyment. 
I wasn't very successful back then, but certainly spent way too much time and writing rough drafts and then typing up my promos and storylines. Hey, since I was typing up about this, I decided to Google the old eFed to see if I could still find. And some 20 years later, the website still exists. Pretty cool. www.angelfire.com slash AR slash Brettmasters slash noframe2.html. Oh, Angel Fire. I remember you. I thought they took all that offline. I would assume you could go back to, like, the Wayback Machine and find it, but... Now my two cents about the draft tag team debate. I agree with Doc that tag teams shouldn't be allowed to be drafted. However, to appease DC, my thought would that to be eligible, teams shouldn't have wrestled in an arbitrary number of matches, but instead should be a tag team established enough to have a tag team name. Therefore, even if Braun and Finn tagged ten times in the last year, since they don't have an actual tag team name, they must be drafted separately, just a thought. Our tag team rules for the all-time draft kind of address this. Now, I Yeah, I mean, I will say, though, that I don't know even if that's a good rule, because, like, technically, in the WWE anyways, uh, it's still just Gallows and Anderson. They're n- they don't have a name. Like, that's that group. They, there's definitely other examples from the recent past of legitimate tag teams who team together for extended periods of time. They don't call time. them the club? No. They did a little bit, maybe, like when AJ was involved. Or when oh, Finn maybe was that's involved. it. Maybe that's like the but, stable is. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying, if I can't draft Charlie Haas and Rico together, I don't know what we're doing here anymore. I think... I think anybody who's anybody would say that's that's a fair draft. Well, and, and I think that might also be it. Is you have to. It also might just be up to the group. Be like, I'm trying to draft these two. Do they qualify as a tag team? And the group has to vote. But either way, yeah. Now I bid adieu yeah. until next week, when maybe I'll email you from my Hotmail account again. But probably not. I'm too lazy. The other Brandon, Brandon Banks, sent from my iPhone. The thing I think is interesting is. He says, maybe I'll email you from my Hotmail account again. So this, are you saying – the thing I think is weird is this is from his Hotmail account. So he must not be saying that he'll – he must just be saying, I will email you again How do you week. have Hotmail on your phone? Is there an app for Hotmail? No, but you could just – I guess you, you know, go to Safari or whatever. Regular mail I suppose. I suppose. Oh, this, this email hurt. I did read this one beforehand, and, and – I, we got to figure this out. The next one comes from Jeffrey, who does not have Twitter, and he wants to know about the draft. <laughs> What's up, guys? So uh, the draft, how does, uh, how does one get in on the draft if I don't have Twitter? Or am I SOL? Love the reconciliation shows. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter. Except for my iPhone. Uh, that's tough because it's all done via Twitter. I guess we could. What you could do, technically, you have that Google Docs document that you update throughout the draft. True. You could email that link to somebody who wanted to participate via email. And they could just email the pick. Right. But the problem is they'd really have to either. They would probably have to be constantly checking that google doc to see if it's been updated to know if it's their pick alternatively if you wanted to take it upon yourself i mean you could email them to let them know it's their turn and with one person that's probably not a big deal but that quickly spirals out of control the easiest solution jeffrey get twitter just for the draft just for the draft 
That's fair. I mean, you don't have to do anything no. with it. You don't have to sign. You don't have to give yourself a profile picture or even write a biography. You could just uh, get the account and quietly uh, send us a DM, and that's there that. There you go. That's all I'm saying. All right. Our next email comes from member of the Bestie Draft, and he won't give you Charlotte, so you can decide. I can read this email if you're just... I'm not reading this because Mitchell is dead to me. <laughs> uh, The subject is WWE fading. Hey, guys. I apologize about not emailing for a couple weeks. Going from unemployed in June to full-time employed in July has made things kind of hectic. But in that same regard, I do have a discussion piece for you. Last week, Danielle mentioned she hasn't watched any wrestling since WrestleMania, and I found myself thinking, hey, me either, which started begging a few questions in my head. I've been a dedicated wrestling fan since I started watching in 2006. I endured through the dawn of PG as WWE suffered from an identity crisis and thin roster, which was arguably the worst period for the show since the mid-90s. Yet I never stopped, and now I am. I've never been a wrestling fan to demand much. I've never complained about the product and threatened to stop while continuing to watch every week. I've always been positive about the good points without lamenting the less-than-stellar ones. But now I find myself going months on end without wrestling, and I'm okay with it. Even when it was boring in the past, I had a fear of missing out, and now I really don't. This is an exaggeratory language. This isn't whining about the product that I essentially don't pay for. This is just me sitting down in my free time and being like, no, I would rather do something else. So do you all think this is a reflection of the current product? Do you think it's burnout? Do you think it's simply a dry spell for WWE? Or perhaps I am simply growing up. These questions aren't necessarily for you to diagnose me, just for you to answer how you think the average fan might be reacting to the current product. That was fun to read. Yeah. Felt like I was doing a monologue. Yeah, and you know, uh, Mitchell, you are dead to me, but you raised some good points. <laughs> um, so I guess we should talk about this. I don't know that, like, I can't look at this roster, which has Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Adam Cole and Aleister Black and Ricochet. Here's the thing. The quality of the wrestling is not the problem. The quality of the performers, not the problem. You know, like, as you were as you were alluding to, the roster is stacked with some of the best wrestlers in the world. Not just a few of them, packed to the gills with the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, I'm not sure what the issue is entirely, but I mean, for me, I know what it is: is that that spinning of the wheels that we talk about on the show. They set up their matches too quickly, and then it's several weeks of television that really do not matter. And I'm only going to spend so much time watching something that doesn't matter at all. Um, you have to make the stories meaningful. You have to make it engaging. And I honestly think that for the most part, they're failing to do mm -hmm. that. Now, I'm not saying that they're failing across the board, right? There certainly are things going on that I've invested in. I was super invested in Oscar's winning streak. I've been super invested in almost everything that Braun Strowman's been doing for the last two years. Um, I, I'm, I'm into, uh, 
as odd as it is, and it's you know it's not as good necessarily as it was outside the WWE. But even like Broken Matt Hardy, I still find fun and engaging. Like there there are these pockets of things that I like, but ultimately when you look at the grand scheme, you look at you look at where the show is going, the direction, and it's directionless to some degree. I I feel, and I think that's the problem. I think that's the reason why I'm personally not inclined to watch on a regular basis and i I don't mean to come off as you know like i'm just threatening to stop watching and i'm demanding and i just i I sort of feel like that's for me the issue and the thing that really bothers me about this is back when the brand split first happened i think smackdown actually did a really good job of continuing stories week to week in a way that was engaging and at some point that stopped Anyways, what about you? What are your thoughts, DC? I think you're right. I think they are having difficulty keeping the momentum up. And part of that is because we are are drowning in riches here. We've talked many times on this show, and I'm sure on every other podcast about wrestling, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, an hour of NXT, let's ignore 205 Live, um, plus pay-per-views. That's a lot to ask someone. You're asking me to get excited about wrestling at least three days a week, sometimes four. That's difficult to do in today's day and age with so much out there. Plus, you've got a roster full of all of this talent. So when the Revival has a chance to have a match that might lead to a tag team title shot, people are going to chant other things because you know that's not exactly what they wanted to see at that moment so i think wwe has i won't call it an impossible task because i think they could do better but they have a difficult task to try to keep us engaged with all of their talent for the amount of time that they need to every single week um which is why i've been promoting and i think you've gotten on board a little bit Watch what you want. You don't have to watch every single day to catch up. You know, some people say, I don't watch wrestling as much anymore, but I listen to these podcasts and it keeps me entertained. Maybe that's how your wrestle watching experience is going to go. You're going to watch pay-per-views and you're going to listen to podcasts. And if they recommend something to you, maybe you'll go check it out. There's nothing wrong with that. No, you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I just, part of me does wish, like, I don't know whether I'm wishing for less content or what, but the completionist in me wants to see it all, but, again, I just, I've sort of come to this realization that, for me, anyways, there's no reason to consume it all, Um, and that's what I keep going back to. If it was two hours of Raw on Mondays... An hour of NXT on Wednesdays and two hours of SmackDown on Fridays. I don't know that we'd be having this conversation. Yeah, because it would be staggered a little bit more. It would be shortened, you know, uh, and then then I think it would be able. They'd have more time to put the stories together, and you know. But yeah, I I do think part of me is asking for less. You know, I'm able to do it now. I watched Raw and SmackDown, I think, start to finish both Monday and Tuesday. But I'm a teacher who has the summer off. So I'm staying up until midnight, 
half the nights of the week just because I don't have anything to get up for in the morning. Most people do. They're not going to be doing this. So, yeah, it's it's something that they're going to have to adjust. It'll be interesting to see how the change uh, over to Fox changes things. Agreed. So, thank you, Mitchell, for that excellent email. And please uh, trade Charlotte to Doc Manson. Um, our next email comes from Bestie Kevin Johnson. Hi, guys. Sorry for the lack of emails recently. Work's been very busy, which has given me time to catch up on all podcasts, but not email in. I was listening to this week's DDT whilst on a flight back from Amsterdam, and I was inspired to write in after about five hours of vigorous research for this very important subject matter when I got back to the comforts of my home. After exploring Google and got to about the eighth page in the search engine of photos, I have come to the conclusion that Tori Wilson was around in my younger years and heavily influenced my imagination in, <laughs> in, uh, in pitching tents. Kevin, <clears throat> what are you doing? <laughs> Although not the best wrestler, she always perked up my day. As for a non-wrestler, I would have to go for Tiffany Amber Thiessen from back in the day of Save by the Bell from 1989 to 93. This would put me in the lower teen years when things, shall we say, started moving. I have enclosed enclosed an image I remember being (laughs) particularly helpful. Thanks for the continued great content and for inspirational podcasts to make me do this very fun research. Kev, a.k.a. at KJohn007, and sure enough to his word, a scantily clad Tiffany Amber Thiessen graces our inbox. See, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, I did not know that there there is a tattoo Peeking out just over the only article of clothing she appears to be wearing, uh, I did not know she had a tattoo there. Okay. I'm more interested, and this is just because I'm trying not to be super uncomfortable, by the fact that uh, Kev's phone is in uh, military time. It's 1912. And he should charge his phone because he's at 49%. She seems older in that picture. Like, that's not Kelly Kapowski. To me. No, it's definitely not from Save that's by the like Bell. Melrose that's like Place. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's a later photo. Uh, but thank you for the photo. And uh, thank you, Doc, for amending that email so I didn't throw up. <laughs> uh, our next email comes from Beverly Dakota. I'm, I'm coming more around to Beverly because people online are assuming this is Glenn. Glenn makes everything better. And and, uh, and I saw that, and he responded with some sort of like, I don't think it's me, but you never know. And I was like, oh, Glenn. <laughs> uh, so from Beverly, Mr. Matthews and Dr. Manson. Good evening. Beverly Dakota signing in here. I've spent today walking my dog Kettle through a field and mowed the lawn. It's funny. As I was mowing the lawn, I found one of my late husband's old stamps. Gerald would be so pleased I found it. I can just see him smiling now while wearing his Thursday socks. 
Anywho, as the pro wrestling historian of DDT, my question this week is about the Montreal screw job. Not to be confused with the New Orleans screw job of Doc not getting in the NAI Hall of Fame. Thank you, Beverly. I'm glad somebody's paying attention. Where were you when you watched the screw job? What was your first reaction? Did you have any inklings? Did you think it was a work? How did you think at the time it would change wrestling, etc., etc.? Also, I was watching the life and times of William Shakespeare on the Discovery Channel. His longest word is honorificabitabdinatus. Close. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't pronounce that. Honorificabilitudinatus. Yes. I don't know. Yes, I copied and pasted as it's too long to type. It means invincible, glorious, and honorableness. Now, that would be... I want to see Bobby Roode come out to that song instead of glorious. Honorific abilitudinitis. I won't give Yours faithfully, Beverly Dakota. Um, 1996 was the screw job? 97? You weren't watching. Yeah, I wasn't watching. Uh, and I got to tell you, I don't remember it. I remember hearing about it, but I don't remember. So 97, November of 97 would have been our freshman year of high school. I don't think I was, we didn't have the network. So you watched pay-per-views when I could convince Mama and Papa Matthews to either pay for them or let me invite some people over. I don't remember watching that live. Um, I remember hearing about it afterwards. I think I remember Swat flipping back and forth between Nitro and Raw the next yeah. night because Eric Bischoff came out and basically said the day after, Bret Hart's coming. He's heading our way. Get excited, people. Um, I remember the, you know, that was Bret screwed Bret, which really led to the birth of the Mr. McMahon character. So... Right, obviously a lot of history there, but yeah, I, I stopped watching wrestling in 96, I think, so a year prior. Um, so yeah, yeah, not not a lot of personal stories to tell. No, I remember learning most about it by reading Have a Nice Day. Mick Foley has a whole section talking about it. Yes, yes he does. And how yep. he, you know, was going to quit the company and Kane was going to quit the company, but Kane had, you know, they talked about it. I'll be honest. I don't think I knew about the screw job until like, that book. at all until I started watching wrestling again when we moved in together in college. Yeah. Like I don't I, I don't think I would have I and when I first and I did hear about it, I was like, No way. What? Um but yeah, it, it yeah. uh I, I can tell you later. at the time I would have thought it was a work. I would have thought it was a storyline because at no point had um art and life meshed like that. This is pre-Attitude Era. This is the early onset of the Attitude Era. So I would have thought it would I would have thought it had been, you know, part of some story and Bret Hart was going to be angry and that was going to be part of it. So apparently not. All right. Our next email comes from Danielle. This email has been decontaminated. Hold on a second. Before I read Danielle's email, Mrs. Uh, Manson has just walked into the room with some sort of baked confection, and I have no idea what this is. The guess is it, it must be safe for me to eat because here it is. Whoa. But uh, what, a, what is that? That is a mini bunt cake. Hmm? Banana bread. It's banana bread, yes, as a mini bunt cake, but is this gluten-free? It is gluten-free. Why would uh -huh. she give you anything with gluten in it? 
I don't. Well, that's why I'm asking. I don't think that she would. But this just looks too good uh, to 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 be some sort of gluten free. We gluten free has been difficult for us to manage. I think in that I'm gonna have to find out how this tastes. I, I think it gonna... would be more difficult for Mrs. Manson because she is such a culinarian that having to limit herself. While I'm sure she enjoys the challenge of it. He's gone for at least three bites already. I'm surprised he hasn't just picked up the thing in his hand and just shoved it in his face. It looks like a very tall donut. It does. Um, it's quite good. good. Nutmeggy, I would say. But uh, it, it's good. I like it. Thank you. High five. That's a good... Uh, what possessed you? That we had bananas? Okay. Yeah, All right. body at the same time. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very you. much. You, come up st- you go upstairs to record a podcast and... Talk about and magic happens, and look and look at pictures of uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Right, while well, I'm looking at naked, practically naked pictures of Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Mrs. Manson's downstairs making banana bread. Apparently, what a life! I'm upset. I, I it was emailed to us. I can't help it. What do you want? <laughs> All right, while you eat, I'll read this email. Hey guys. So while I was picking my 13th and 14th draft picks this morning, I thought of future drafts that would be fun in the future. Which is what future drafts do, Danielle. They're fun in the future. Future drafts can't be fun in the past, because they're in the future. If we did an all-time draft, my roster would be full of wrestling funny gimmicks and such. One draft that would be fun to do would be a movie or TV show character draft. I get RoboCop. I should, well, that's technically, that could be a wrestling draft. He appeared at a pay-per-view. Uh-huh. I should be cleared to return to work tomorrow. Oh, yes, Daniel had food poisoning. That was so sad. Oh, yeah. Since this stupid sickness started Wednesday and has just escalated to the weekend. It's the pizza restaurant I go to about every three months that made me sick. Not fun. Not fun. Keep on I, drafting, uh, Danielle. I'm going to recommend you don't go back to that pizza restaurant. That's what I would have recommended, too. But I am not a doctor, so it's better coming from you. All right. Our final email comes from Bradley, who doesn't always email that often. But we've heard from Bradley before, I'm pretty sure. And he says, hey, guys, listening to the latest edition of the list, and I was very surprised to hear the name Jason Cross not going to make a big fuss about you leaving him off the list. He's just from the same place that I am. When he debuted, he originally was supposed to be a clone of AJ Styles. I highly suggest you guys look him up versus AJ from years ago. They do stuff that is years ahead of their time, including a spot where he did a frog splash over two-thirds of the way across the ring. DC, you were right. He does a shooting star leg drop called the Crossfire, and he does a spinning cutter. He actually beat CM Punk with it once. I do believe he should be included in the list just because he let me talk to AJ Styles on the telephone and he let me hit him with a phenomenal forearm when I was 10 years old. Ha! From Bradley at Merlawana. That's actually rather funny. I don't remember leaving him off the list, but then again, as I don't know if you looked, I couldn't remember any of the names who were on the list, so I didn't mention any of them in the description. I just... Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought we would have drafted it. We would have placed him. I'm not sure why we didn't, but, uh... Well, we're out of episodes. So, just putting that on your radar, I think we're getting together this weekend. I'm pretty sure our wives have arranged us a, a, a play date. I, I've heard rumblings of it, but I don't know any details. Uh, I believe there's a puppet show involved. 
Okay. Okay. I heard and a little bit about that. So but. I believe there's a puppet show, and then we might be meeting you after because the same puppeteers are going to be at our local library like the following week. So rather than yeah. pay $25 yeah, to see them, we'll just go for free. Mrs. Manson was talking about she thought it might be something fun for us to do together, but I, I, I don't know that if you guys are uninterested that we would go to the puppet show for $25 either. Yeah. So if you just wanted to get lunch. Okay. Well, I, you know, I I'm, I'm don't want to say you shouldn't go see them because we enjoy the puppeteers in question. I think your people should call my people. I think that makes sense. But I, th- I think we are seeing each other this weekend. But I will say we, we should record some more lists at some point right. as well. So. Doable. All right. Well, that is it for emails. Uh, we haven't had the chance to do this in a while. So Doc Manson at Doc Manson, what is your piece of positivity heading into this weekend? We are uh, two weeks. SummerSlam's the 19th, so TakeOver's the 18th. So we've got about two weeks to go until SummerSlam weekend. Uh, what's on your mind that's exciting there, Doc? Um, You know, I think I'm looking forward to... Ronda Rousey meeting Alexa Bliss. I've been liking the way that feud's been developing, and I I, I want to see that match. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. This won't be my piece of positivity, but I am enjoying that Alicia Fox is back on TV. Yes, Alicia Fox was on television. I saw, geez, last week I think well, it was last week, but at some point I saw Alicia Fox teaming with Dana Brooke. Yeah. Um, all sorts of people that I think I, I think we're getting this will be how we go heading into evolution is they're going to have to start using more of the women on the roster. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. You know, again, we didn't talk about it, but there's a lot of really good names in this May Young Classic. You know, we did not finish the May Young Classic. Um, no, we watched some of it. And then we kind of just fell off. I think this year we might stick around because uh, Madison Rain from TNA is on there. Um, Maiko Satamura, who I remember watching in WCW, is on there. I think this year is going to be real good. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I, there's some people from the indies that, you know, I think I drafted in last year's draft that are going to be uh, yep. in the Mayon Classic this year that I'm looking forward to seeing in action. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to that event. So let's hurry up and get here. As for my actual piece of positivity, I want to go back a little bit. Um, something happened that we didn't talk about, and I didn't actually see it, but I am loving the fact that Slammiversary, the TNA pay-per-view from, I think, two weeks ago, got, I think, universally really good reviews. Every- I, uh, I've been reading just a little bit about some of the stuff going on on Impact, and just reading, again, this is just like, you know, spoiler sheets for the shows, it was enough for me to go, man, what channel is that on again? Yeah. I should check this I'm, I'm, out. I think I'm going to check it out. Uh, you know, I found out PlayStation View is on Fire Stick, which is awesome because I have Fire there Stick. You go. So. Um, so I think I'm going to check it out because it's, you know, the fact that TNA, if TNA or Impact or whatever they're calling themselves these days can get off the ground and be in the conversation with Ring of Honor and Lucha Underground and New Japan's doing well with the G1 again this year, that is only a positive thing for wrestling fans all you know because if you are having trouble Mitchell watching WWE week to week go check out TNA 
Maybe you'll like it. Go check out Lucha Underground Season 4. There's lots of options out there. I think it's called Impact Wrestling now for reals, though. I think they dropped the whole TNA thing. Oh. So. That's, it's always going to be TNA to me. I uh, Me too. I was reading... Uh, I was reading something... Oh, I was working on my draft sheet for the for the all-time draft, and I was so I was looking over TNA pay-per-views. I, I really should look into this... Whether whatever it's called, Global Force Network or whatever their on-demand thing is, because they apparently have everything, and it's like WWE Network for TNA. Those were some really good shows that we watched. I, I would go back and watch AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe. That's exactly what I was like. I'll just watch that all day. Uh huh. I am fine with that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another fun-filled edition of DDT Wrestling. If you enjoy the show and you would like to continue to see more of the work that Doc and I do, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash DDT Wrestling. Send us a couple of shekels. I know uh, my buddy DJ, who uh, is, is not a bestie, but, you know, I think... If he were to, you know, get around to it, he's a young 21-year-old kid. He's going to have a hard time doing anything. Um, but he debated the merits of coming over to give us some shekels. So, Ooh, you know, head, shekels. head on over and check that out. You can email us, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Oh, just a quick update on the Patreon. Yes. Um, just, just You asked me about this recently, and just so folks know... Uh, Obviously, we are over the $25 a month or $21 a month that we need to break even. Um, so we are not we haven't broken even for the year yet, right? Because that's a month-to-month figure. But I, I just want to say, you know, I'm quite pleased with how it's been going because we are on track. If, you know, if we continue at the level of support that we're at, we will be on track to break even on DDT Wrestling this year, which I, I think is fantastic. And, yes, round of applause for all the besties who have managed to, uh, you know, to donate and make that possible, yes, even you, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, I just wanted to give an update on that. Thank you very much. I, I think, you know, in our wildest dreams, I don't know necessarily that we ever expected to break even. This was my goal. I think that's if great. we could, if we could break even, because I know you have done a lot of the financial pieces of this, because you're the tech guy. Um, if we could break even, so that you didn't have to put any more money into this. I was happy. Anything beyond that is is a bonus. And uh, I should have started the show with this. Happy anniversary, Doc Manson. Because July th- July 31st, oh, yeah. you know, I sent out a tweet kind of hoping that we would podcast on that day. And, of course, being Doc Manson, heard nothing back. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But uh, I think it's been three years now. Yeah, three years uh, since uh, rest that f- in peace, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> three years since that fateful night in the basement of your condo that we recorded a show that didn't record and it failed completely. But since yeah. then, so yes. Also, Rowdy Piper died. He did. I, I, that would have been. Uh, I won't say that would have been a very interesting way to start. So maybe in hindsight, it's better that that's not how the podcast started. <laughs> You're probably right, but I remember that last episode being good. I remember. I, I, I think you're good. right. I think you're right. Um, and uh, we would be remiss again as we're wrapping up, not to mention uh, Nikolai Volkov and uh, oh, yes. Grandmaster Sexay, Brian Christopher, 
Um, and Brickhouse Brown, I don't know who that is, but apparently he died as well, so let's make sure we mention Brickhouse Brown. Um, yes. I really wanted Rusev to come out at some point on SmackDown and sing the Bulgarian National Anthem in honor of Nikolai. Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, anyways, so, yes. Uh, DDTpod.com is where you can find the podcast. DDTwrestling.com is the website. Shop.DDTwrestling.com is where you can get that merch. Now that we've sold a beefcake shirt, who knows what Doc's going to come up with this time. I got to say, it's it, it does nothing for me, but I think it's got to be a Dockside shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that this beefcake shirt has sold exactly... Uh, one of them. I'm sort of thinking maybe I should do extreme limited edition t-shirts from now on. We'll have a different design up there and it'll always only be good for one. So if you want oh, it, you that's gotta a good get idea. in that's actually the not ground a bad floor. Idea. We sell one t-shirt and yeah. it's off the market. And then we Brandon, come up with a new design. Brandon Banks is the only person in the world to have a beefcake shirt. It's true. I mean, I haven't taken it down yet, so if you really wanted one, you could go get but, one. But that wouldn't be a bad it. idea even if we did, like, two or three. Like, it's, it's you know, there's mm-hmm. only a couple. Limited. Always good ideas. All right. Anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that? Oh, I think the, thunder, the thunderstorm seemed to have passed. Lovely. It was dicey there for a bit. Uh, before we head out into that glorious day. No siree, Bob. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie?